how not to screw up your kids podcast. So pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 16 and today I'm going to take you through a step-by-step guide to helping your children move out of their comfort zone. Now by comfort zone I mean that place where they are coasting, doing things they are familiar with and not stretching themselves beyond that. Moving out of their comfort zone is all about trying new things, meeting new people and all the slightly scary things they always say thank you but no thank you to not because they don't want to do them, rather they feel far too scary for them to even try. So a typical scenario that this shows up in actually came up in my membership in one of our weekly question and answer sessions. A parent asked me about whether it was important to be more forceful in sort of trying to encourage her children to choose after school clubs. And as you know, children often get these options of they're opting in really um, to do activities after school. And my uh, this was my answer my answer is that there's lots of evidence that suggests that children who are lacking in confidence or who might be anxious are likely to stay and operate and choose activities behaviors and situations that keep them within this comfortable place as parents if we want to help them very much around this growth mindset and and helping encourage them to experience more things in life we want to gently encourage them to move out of that comfort zone because otherwise what can happen and particularly if you've got a child who is anxious is that they they become aversive to novel or new situations and so they the world that they operate in in a lot of ways becomes more closed and becomes smaller and smaller but we need to sort of tread a very fine line because what we want to do is we want to encourage our children to move themselves a little bit out of a zone that they feel particularly comfortable in so that they experience a mild sense of anxiety and a bit of worry but it's one that's scaffolded one that they feel supported in and so after that particular experience it builds their confidence what we don't want to do in my view is almost sort of tip them over the edge or almost throw them under the bus so yes some children can be thrown into deep ends um, where they're in a situation they don't particularly want to do that scares them and they can feel phenomenal afterwards and that can massively boost their confidence but for a lot of children it can actually make that if you if you make the challenge too great too extreme too many steps ahead of where they're ready what it can actually do is have the opposite effect and then instead you have a child then who becomes even more risk averse, even more likely to stay and operate within their comfort zone. So the idea with this particular episode is I'm going to talk you through a tool and a strategy that applies to all situations where you want to encourage your child to take steps towards doing something that they, they, they feel particularly uncomfortable with. And I'm going to talk you through it step by step so that you can come away and actually implement it now i want to give you a couple of health warnings before i go through the particular strategy in itself when we're trying to encourage our children to move out of their comfort zone it has to come from a place where we have been communicating with them about what the benefits to them are and when i talk about communicating this isn't a lecture that we have with them that says well after school clubs um, for example Um, will allow you to make new friends you're going to learn new skills and it's going to be so much fun where we're doing the talking and we're not actively engaging in what 
the benefit is to our child. So this strategy is works time and time again. I use it every single time that I work with children and families one-to-one, but it needs context. We need to have had conversations with our children about situations that we find them opting out of. We need to have conversations beforehand with our children about what the child feels are the benefits in being able to push themselves slightly out of their comfort zone. What does it give your child, not what does it give you? So I'm going to be really honest, it can be really difficult often as parents because we compare ourselves, we compare our parenting to other parents and their parenting too. And in the situation of an after school club or maybe, you know, you're comparing yourself to other families where their children seem to be really active and doing lots of sport or maybe they're taking on lots of musical instruments and they seem to be so sociable and outgoing and you're you've got a child who opts out of everything. They don't want to do any sport. They don't want to learn any musical instruments. They don't want to do anything. And sometimes that puts us in a, in a place where we think, you know, little Johnny, our child, must do something because otherwise it looks like I'm failing as a parent. And you might not notice that at a conscious level, but you find yourself being short with your children or you say to them, well, you've got to do something. And actually that doesn't come from a place of meeting your child where they're at. We have to detach how we feel and what it triggers in us as parents when our children for example don't do an after school club but this can be in anything this might be a child a child that doesn't want to do sleepovers this might be a child that doesn't want to go to school residential courses this might be a child who won't put their hand up in class or who you know is phenomenal at drama but won't volunteer or, or audition for school plays it can be anything like that we have to remove how it makes us feel as parents and how we compare ourselves to other parents and their children feeling that we're not being great parents because our children are not putting themselves in those situations but instead have the context conversations with our children about what might be the benefit for our child what do they hope to be able to do what are the things that they really want to do but they feel too scared to put themselves forward for So that when you've got had those conversations with your children, when you've got the buy-in, then this strategy works. This strategy does not work when we sit our child down and we tell them that they need to be able to do after school clubs or all of these, whatever that might be for your child. And this is the strategy that I'm going to talk you through. So please make sure that you have those contexts. And, you know, as I say quite often in, in the membership, I would much rather as a parent you work on one thing you do all of your homework, you sit with it, you listen to this podcast and then you think, actually, I think I'd really like to do that with my child. I think it would be really good for this child in this particular situation. But if you're not sure, keep listening. Listen to this episode two, three times. Maybe go back to the confidence episode. Maybe go back to the anxiety episode. Just absorb as much information so that you understand the context behind this. So when you approach it with your child, you have the best possible outcome. So often parents are lacking in the confidence to implement some of these strategies and they do work. They work when we have given ourselves time to consider them and to think it through. So lecture over. For those of you that are thinking, actually, how do I introduce this to my child? Then if you've listened to previous podcasts, you'll know that this is a standard introduction to things that I find works really well with children. And it is this 
I'm going to paraphrase potentially a scenario that you might have, but it, but start with this notion of I've noticed that you've chosen not to do any after school activities. I've noticed that you don't volunteer, you don't put yourself forward for the auditions for the school play. I've noticed that you often feel nervous about school trips. I've noticed that. So the idea is that it doesn't become an accusation. It doesn't become a finger pointing. It doesn't become a criticism. It's an observation. I've noticed that you don't do these sort of situations. And I know that you're desperate to have a part. You're desperate to be able to go to school, residential trips, but it feels so nervous. So I've noticed that is a thing that you've noticed. And then what you then say is how that then affects your child, because you know that they want to do those sorts of things. And then you can introduce this particular strategy. So let me talk you through the strategy. It's a strategy in which there is a ladder. Now, I may well have talked about this in previous episodes from the viewpoint of goal setting, but I want to talk you through this very specifically so that you can then go off and implement it and you'll be able to go head over to the resource library and download the free template so that you can then actively do that with your child but the idea behind a ladder is a ladder in itself helps us go from somewhere that as a starting point to somewhere that we want to be and there are lots of different ladders there are ladders that take us up a few steps there are ladders that take us up a lot you know maybe two or three story buildings and that's the same that we want to do when we're trying to help our child move out of their comfort zone into a situation where they moves them out of their comfort zone and something that they might find particularly challenging. So how many rungs of the ladder your child's ladder might have in the scenario that you're helping them move towards is ultimately dependent on the situation that your child is in. But what we're doing with the ladder is we're helping our child move from the bottom rung of the ladder all the way up to the top. And the ladder is very much focused around one thing. So I'm going to stick with this idea about after school clubs just because it's easier because I've started it. But you can use it in any scenario that your child operates within their comfort zone and we want to move them out. So I want you to imagine this ladder when you download the template, you'll be able to see. So your child always starts from the bottom rung. That's where they are. And what is really important is that we're helping them move up the ladder to whatever it is at the top. So for example, if we're talking about after school clubs, the top rung of the ladder may well be that you want your child to be able to choose one after school club that they feel happy and confident to attend each and every week after school. So it's not a huge thing from our perspective, but to your child, it's monumental. Remember when we go back to this idea about the seesaw and how your child feels about a particular situation. It's all about your child's perception of their perceived demands that the situation places on them versus what they perceive are the resources they have in order to cope with it. If they don't perceive they've got any resources to be able to manage that situation of going to something that means that they'll be at school for longer or that there'll be people that they don't know or they'll be doing something that they don't think they're going to be able to do or confident at doing, that's the reason that they opt out. What we're trying to do as we move them up the rung of the ladder is help them see that they have got more of the resources available to them than they think. And so often those resources are from other situations that they're super confident in, that they don't realise that those skills and talents that they have are transferable to the thing that pushes them out of their comfort zone. 
So the top rung of the ladder is where we want them to be. The bottom rung of the ladder is where they are now. So the idea is we're moving them up that ladder step by step and consolidating each and every step as we go along. Because otherwise, when we're taking the next step up, if that rung is fragile, we're likely to slip and fall. So we have to consolidate. So this is what we're doing. So top of the ladder is where they want to be. Bottom of the ladder is where they are now. What we want to do for the first part of the next step on the rung of the ladder is we want to give our children tools and strategies to help manage the emotions that they experience and how that shows up in their body when we ask them to do something that pushes them out of their comfort zone. You have to do this before you can start putting your child into situations that feel slightly uncomfortable. So the first thing you have to do is help your child with some tools and strategies that help manage the physiological response. So if you've got a child who doesn't want to do an after school club and that creates a whole load of anxiety, worry, fear, at the idea that they're going to be in a situation where they won't know anybody or they're going to be doing something that they don't know how to do. So you've obviously got to unpick for your child. This is why communication and having discussions where we're not talking, but we're asking. So what is it about that particular activity or doing an after school club that most scares you? Now, some children will be articulate and will be able to say, I don't want to go because I won't know anybody or I've not done that before and I don't think I'm going to like it. But a lot of children won't be articulate. They won't know. They just will say, I just don't want to do it. I don't know. I just don't want to do it. So this is where we offer potential possibilities. Is it that you're a bit nervous that you might not know anybody there and then you'll feel that you'll be on your own? Is it that you're worried that you might not be able to do it and then people might laugh at you or you might look silly? So we're trying to find out from our children what the situation might be which again, some children might be able to then say, yeah, that's it. Some might not. So again, we're going to then unpick. All right, so you don't know why you don't want to do it. But when I ask you to imagine that I'm dropping you off at an after-school activity or I'm not picking you up from school straight away because you have to go to an after-school activity and I want you to really place yourself in that situation, how does that feel in your body? Where do you notice those feelings of not wanting to do it. So we're really trying to ask our children to connect with the emotion and connect with where that physiologically plays out in their body. So that's the first thing we need to help our children understand where it shows up in their body so that we can then give them some tools and strategies. So if you go to my drmaryhanbaker.com forward slash library, Pop in your email address, you'll have access to all of the free resources. So not just the ladder from today, but from the previous episodes. What you will then find are there some specific strategies that help children manage the physiological response. And part of that will be around specific breathing techniques. And you'll know that I've talked a lot about various different breathing techniques. And for me, the breathing technique that I have found to be the most effective are ones that allow our children to do strategies that they don't feel self-conscious with, but then also help them to sort of distract that busy brain. So you'll find that there's, there's a particular strategy about the hand breathing technique where they basically use their pointy finger from their dominant hand 
to trace around the non-dominant hand. So as they trace up towards their thumb, they breathe in. As they trace down their thumb, they breathe out. As they then trace up the neck, the first finger, they breathe in. As they trace down the next finger, they breathe out. And they basically trace their fingers round to, till they get from their thumb to their little finger and then they go back and repeat it. And it's about just grounding, helping our children move from that fight or flight fear response that gets triggered at the idea of doing something out of their comfort zone and bringing them back to a state of rest and restore. So we have to start by teaching our children strategies about managing the physiological response, but also we have to help them manage the internal dialogue the internal chatter, the chatter that says this is too scary, I won't know anyone, I won't know what to do, people will laugh at me if I make a mistake, no one will be friends with me, I'm going to be away from mummy or daddy for too long, I want to go home, I don't feel safe, whatever that chatter might be that keeps them from avoiding that particular situation. So we need to tackle both. My suggestion is the first thing that you tackle is the physiological response. So giving them strategies, the breathing techniques and encouraging them to use those breathing techniques in situations where they are relaxed and happy and calm at home. So I often give children that as homework to do. So they practice it before they go to bed at night because they're calm, they're relaxed, but they they notice that it has an even more relaxing effect and they can do that with you and it's if a child's not going to use a breathing technique strategy in a situation that they feel anxious and fearful and nervous in and out of their comfort zone if they haven't practiced it regularly when they're within their comfort zone so start with the breathing techniques and then once you've consolidated that that's a rung of the ladder that is safe secure and robust then you move up to the next step which is all about giving your child tools and strategies to help manage that internal chatter, the dialogue that says they can't, the dialogue that says it's too scary, the dialogue that says what if they fail, the dialogue that says people will laugh at them or whatever that chatter might be. That's the next step because that is also a key part. We want our children to be able to turn to their toolkit to use their resources, to use the right tool in the right situation to help them If they haven't mastered the physiological response and how to calm, if they haven't then managed the internal dialogue and how to switch themselves out of that inner critic that becomes so overwhelming and move themselves over to their the voice of their best friend, the internal chatter that says it is scary, but you've done more tricky things before and you'll be safe. There are people here to support you. You know that people aren't going to laugh at you. Whatever that opposing chatter is once they've mastered that then you're ready to move to the next level and I always suggest that when you've got this ladder and you can do it with the drawing that you can download from the library or you can buy a physical you can buy these sort of ladders I've used them I've bought them they're sort of the ladders that you would put in a birdcage or something and sometimes for some children having a physical ladder almost with like a stretchy person they can see themselves moving up that ladder. But you want that physical representation because you want your child to see the progress that they are making in that ladder and how they're moving from the bottom. They've then done their 
breathing technique, they've mastered that, they've moved up a step. They've mastered the internal chatter, great, they've moved up a step. Now we're looking at, we don't know how many rungs of the ladder there might be to take them from where they then are to where we want them to be in terms of saying yes to after school clubs or auditioning for the school play or going to a uh, friends on a play date or going on a school residential trip or taking up a new hobby or it might be just being able to have a conversation with somebody without having their their eyes firmly pointing down to the floor or completely wrapped up behind your leg so these are the things that we want to encourage our children to do so the next step is really I find the best way to do this is to get a whole bunch of post-it notes and sit at a table and simply say look this is where we're working towards this is what you'd like to be able to do and help your child connect to the reason why what does it give them that your child buys into to be able to do after school clubs what is it that going to a friend's for a sleepover gives your child that your child buys into it's really helping your child to really feel and experience and to know and to connect with the why that goal that aspiration is so important to them which again is why when we do all the talking we tell our child that this is what they're going to do it doesn't work our child has to connect to the reason why and it's not always obvious so if your child is a thespian in the making and they're desperately talking about wanting to be an actor or an actress when they're older then it's helping them connect to why then putting themselves forward for auditions for the school plays matters because that's what they ultimately want to do if your child wants to be able to ride a horse and to be able to have that freedom then part of that connection with that may be being able to actually go to situations that they feel uncomfortable or that they don't know people because actually going to the riding school might involve people that they don't know from their school so it's helping them connect to the why and why that goal is at the top why moving out of their comfort zone is so important so when we do that what we then do with our post-it notes is we brainstorm we problem solve we try and be as creative as we possibly can if this is the goal that we're moving towards if this is the aspiration what might be the steps involved to get there now you must make sure when we're doing this that you connect to what it is that your child is fearful of and then be really creative think massively outside the box in terms of what those steps might be you don't need to worry about which order those steps come but if you've got a child who maybe doesn't want to do an after school club or doesn't want to go and do a sleepover some of the things around that might be that they don't um they don't feel confident having a conversation with somebody so it's not actually about being away from you it's about that those sort of other level basic level of just being able to interact and have conversations with people or start conversations or be at ease so don't feel that the if you know if you're looking at an after school club that that means that your child's you know all of the steps to the after school club have got to relate specifically to school and specifically to being away from you that's what I'm just trying to encourage you to do it's beyond that if it's about a child putting their hand up in class if it's as simple as that it might be that the fear is being wrong 
and using their voice. So it may well be that the strategies and the steps underneath that might be about voicing their opinion in family discussions at home. So it's you need to think super, super creatively. Don't try and get stuck in a logical, pragmatic, step-by-step process that directly relates to the specific thing you're working towards. You've got to think laterally and creatively. And in lots of ways, you know, the analogy is, is similar to when children are learning to read at school and they're going through their reading levels. What happens is your child may be on a particular, in their school, a prescribed set of reading material but when they get to each level the school will encourage your child to read in breadth so they won't just learn to read from one reading set when they get to each level the same as when they get to each rung of the ladder they're then going you're going to ask them to do scenarios and to read certain different books that that are at that same level but follow a slightly different format and that's exactly the same as what you're going to do when we're talking about moving up the ladder. We're going to set our children challenges, situations that push them slightly out of their comfort zone, that make them respond with all those physiological responses, sweaty palms, heart beating fast, those jelly legs, that nervousness, that upsets tummy, whatever that might be for your child, that internal chatter that says they can't. But it's small levels of stress that they can then use their strategies to help them with, feel super confident that they've achieved that, and then do more of situations like that that are on the same level, consolidate that, make that run super, super strong on that ladder before they then move up. So when you're thinking laterally, you want a lot of post-it notes. You want lots of different things across a lots of different scenarios that your child has problem solved as well as you so that you've put this these together. And then the process is transferring those post-it notes to the ladder and what I find is the easiest way is just to start randomly with one post-it note and ask your child how does that particular situation compare to how scary the top one feels so does it feel close to the top super super scary can't imagine yourself doing it now does it seem closer to the bottom yeah it's scary but not hugely scary from where I'm at once you've placed the first post-it note Each of the other post-it notes then has more points of reference to compare. We're not looking for precision. It doesn't have to be exact. Nine times out of ten, you're going to move the post-it notes around again. But you're trying to almost give your child a structure so that they can visibly see the various different tasks that they're going to do. And then you want them to then be able to experience the being able to remove them as they then move up each step. So you're then going to, so just as a recap, you're taking your first post-it note and asking your child as a reference, how does that compare to the top super scary one? How does it compare to the bottom not so scary one? And then with each post-it note that then goes on, comparing each one so that you can find a relative position. You want to end up with a scenario where you have got multiple post-it notes on each rung of the ladder. If you don't have very many, please don't worry. You can get started with what you've got. And then as you kind of work through it and you're having conversations around it all of the time, then you may well come up with further challenges. So we've got our post-it notes. They're now on our ladder. We've got them somewhere lovely and visible because with these sort of strategies, it's not about doing this exercise. It's about living and breathing through that technique 
all of the time. It's that reminder of which situation you're working on, reminding your children to use the strategies. How did we get on? When are we going to put ourselves in that situation? How are we going to challenge ourselves? How do we feel? Random rewards, all of the things that I've talked about in the previous podcast episodes. And if you haven't listened to them, go back and listen listen to the Managing Emotions podcast episode. Listen to the confidence one. Listen to the anxiety one. Because it's all really important because it all relates to this. This strategy 100% works 100% of the time. But the success of it is all about our commitment to the preamble in advance, the buy-in from our child as to what did they get by reaching that top of that ladder? What does that skill, what does that situation, mastering that situation give them that's important to their why? Once we've done all of that background work and then we continue to talk about it, this isn't a one-off exercise, we don't just do it and then not refer to it again, it's about having that accountability for our children and for us and reminding them of why they're doing it, why it's important, why those situations that make them feel scary is helping them move towards the end goal that they really want to because they're absolutely connected to it. That's when we see the transformation. And that's ultimately what somebody like me would end up doing on a one-to-one basis with a child and a family. It's it's that accountability. But you can do this at home. This isn't beyond you, but you have to make that commitment that you're going to see it through and that you're going to follow the steps, which is why I would really encourage you, if you're listening to this and thinking, I can see how that would work, but I'm not quite sure how I'd implement that with my family or my child or in this particular situation, listen to it again. Go back to previous episodes. I want you to come back to me and let me know how this has been successful for you because it does work it just requires that background work and that making sure that we implement it and what is just so phenomenal for children is seeing as they work up those steps of the ladder what so that what i would do is i then remove as each, as a child is able to confidently complete each of those post-it notes i remove them so remove them and maybe put them on the back of the of the ladder template or in an envelope somewhere. So what happens is your child can see that they're actively moving up that ladder and that just feels incredible. And what I would say, as I've said previously in other podcasts, is I'm not a great fan of if you do X, you will get Y. I just don't find it a great long-term strategy because you find yourself constantly having to negotiate with your child about if you do this, I'll then give you that. What I much prefer are what I call random rewards. So don't tell your child that if they reach a certain rung of the ladder that you're going to reward them, but reward their effort. If they've tried really hard, but they still haven't mastered a particular rung, then randomly tell them that. So I'm so impressed with the way that you're persevering with this ladder. I know it's been so tricky with that particular situation, but you just keep trying. We haven't mastered it yet, but I'm absolutely confident that we will. And because of that, I'm going to take you to do this. We're going to have a game of that. I'm going to buy you this. Whatever it might be as a random reward that your child does not anticipate. Because when we praise process, when we encourage them to keep going and tell them how phenomenally proud we are of the fact that they're digging deep and working hard to try the more likely our children are to dig even deeper and try again. Because it is when we're trying to encourage this growth mindset that anything 
anything is possible and we know that then our children are much more likely to keep going when they see us making these random rewards and and really acknowledging the effort that they're putting in even if it isn't necessarily bearing them the results that they want to in that moment now one thing i will just add as well is that if your child reaches let's say they've reached rung four or five and it all goes disastrously wrong something awful happens and they're super super wobbly what's important to do which is why we do it with post-it notes is maybe is what you then do is you go back a step So let's say you've just moved up to rung five, having consolidated rung four really, really well. You'd go to rung five and it's just disastrous. Don't persevere with rung five because the danger is you're then going to have a wobbly situation that is then going to really take you huge steps back. Instead, go back to rung four, get the post-it notes from rung four, put them back and get them to do those tasks again, regain the confidence get that feeling that they can. And then when you've reconsolidated level four, rung four, then move up to rung five again. So the idea is we're not always moving in one direction. Sometimes we need to take a bit of a step back, reconsolidate before we can move forward. And if we're flexible and we're we're aware and we're prepared of this up and down, then it helps our child move them forward much more. And what happens is when they get to the top, they get to the top on a solid foundation and they should then be able to create a new ladder for a new situation that moves them out of their comfort zone. We don't want one-hit wonders. We don't want these quick wins that are on rocky ground. We want long-term success. And that's why this strategy works supremely well at moving our children out of their comfort zone. So I do hope that you find this useful. If you feel that this is something that you want to implement and you want to get a touch and a feel for the ladder resource, then do go over to drmaryhan.com forward slash library. In exchange for your email address, you will then get instant access to that ladder strategy, but also all of the other strategies that have come up in previous episodes that you will need to use around managing emotions and managing the internal chatter that you can then use for that and re-listen to this think about it have conversations with other people who might also be looking at implementing this strategy have a conversation with your other half how might you implement that with your child where do you see the challenges likely to come back from your child in terms of introducing this how might you then get their buy-in how can you begin to have those conversations about what they they feel that they might be missing out on by not pushing themselves out of their comfort zone what might be the buy-in for your child so that when you then implement the strategy you're armed and you feel confident about putting the strategy in place so i hope you've enjoyed that and as ever if you have enjoyed this episode i would dearly love it if you could follow and review this podcast it literally takes moments but means so much to me and also means that others can find us and we can spread the love so until next time